podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is episode 81 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino and this week I'm joined by Muffin Paddy. As Celtic maintain top spot in the league table with a 2-1 win over Motherwell and can now look forward to a crucial Champions League tie with Leipzig and Germany. Muff, a win's a win and all that and not to complain about three points at the best of times but it wasn't the free-flowing football we've become used to on Saturday, was it? It was not, Tino. Hello and hello Paddy. Hello listeners and viewers. Um, it was endured rather than enjoyed, I would say. Um, albeit that it could easily begin in a half-time, 4-5 up. Should have went in half-time, 4-5 up. And we've made a, a fairly elementary mistake. But uh, yeah, it was a bit bit painful at times. Uh, I think it shows we miss our centre. We just miss Carter Vickers, full stop. Um, his presence clearly means a lot to that team and, and stabilises the defence. Um, but there, I mean, there was, there was patterns of... of Good play. I, I just felt it was a wee bit disjointed at times, um, and then when the goal gets pulled back, the frustrations come for the for the, the fans, and I don't think that helped either. I think there was a there was a general nervousness that, about Celtic Park. I think that um, transmitted uh, itself onto the players. Yeah, Paddy, what was your own general feeling after the game? A bit disappointed or just happy to get the points? I generally, just a, a, a game of two halves for me. Um, I think the first half, you know, obviously we came in at one each. And a few people were a bit concerned. I actually thought we played relatively well in the first half. I thought we were very comfortable. We created enough chances, you know, like, uh, obviously you see, I mean, the free kick for Juranovic. And then when we hit the post and Kyle was inches away with the, the rebound off that as well. So we did create enough. Um, but the second half, I just think, is that a case maybe just obviously with the result earlier on that afternoon and, and obviously what it means now, just a wee bit of the nerves kick in, possibly, but um, I'm not too worried about it. I just think that they're possibly trying to save a bit of, don't know, a bit of energy looking at Wednesday night, but we need to focus on the league as well. <laughs> I, like, I like that optimistic viewpoint, but we're a bit average on Saturday, but we're just keeping it all back for Leipzig. Is, it, is that well, the way it's going? That's what I'm hoping they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed because... I thought they'd been really keen to prove a point after St Mirren. Yeah. I thought Ange would have given them a rocket either before they headed out on international duty or when they come back or whenever he does these things. And I thought we'd have seen a real response. Now, obviously we started with a different lineup against St Mirren and made the five or six changes or, or whatever that was. So it was maybe different personnel to an extent that played on Saturday. But I think as a collective, as a group, to my mind, they should have been looking to you know blow that St Mirren result away mm -hmm. and move on to bigger things. Certainly didn't happen, you know, by half time. Obviously, we dominated the game, but then you got it, you know, it's still one each. And I was chatting at half time, and I said, "I think it will still be four one, something like that." And it didn't happen, Miff. No, it didn't. Um, sliding doors moments, though. You know, Fjernanovic chests that down rather than back towards Hart, or Hart decides to stay in his line. Who's it, it, it fault for that one? Hart. Hart. It's a bad time to play hide and seek. It's not the best time. Do you not think it's hard for us to say, but do you not think he must have called for that? Possibly, but... But even still, look it, how, he doesn't Juranovic, need to come out. Juranovic, easy for me to say, is completely in control of the situation. Yeah. There is no need for Hart to come off the line. So you 100% Joe Hart at fault? 80-20. I'd say 100% Hart. I think as a goalkeeper, like he's got a better view of what's going on. And Juranovic is 
like Miff says, is in control. He, he shouldn't need to come out. He doesn't need to come out. There's no threat from a Motherwell player anywhere. I think, I take your point that Hart would have shouted, I can't imagine he would have come out and not said anything. But, but, but I don't know why Jaranovic even done anything then. Well, I, I he's had to, he's had to. He, uh, couldn't, he couldn't just let the ball in through. Aye, it depends when the call was as well. You know, it, it, obviously we're not down at the park, but for me, I, I, as a, like, someone that's played in goals, I'm not saying I'm the, the best at it, but... You get 75 caps for England? No, 75 for... Um, no. <laughs> I, I think that you've got what you've got to look at, though, is he's got a better view of what's going on. And he, he should surely see that Juranovic is a controller of the situation. I just think, I, I, I don't know why he's, he's came out. He doesn't. He didn't need to come off his line for it. I think as, as a fullback defending your back post, you need to deal with it. Now, you could argue he should have dealt with it better, but I don't think letting the ball run through is an option. That's that's my point. You know, if you're defending kind of side on, you don't know what's behind you, or you assume he doesn't know what's behind him. Yeah. You've seen the ball coming in and thinking, right, where will the keeper be? The middle of the goals, fair, it's a fair guess. He's chested it back and hearts. The way that Hearts come running out, he's almost done it quite late. Mm. And I think that's what's then not giving him the chance to go back and retrieve it. Actually, I actually think with Hearts' performance on um, on Saturday, he was doing more than he needed to a lot of the time. I, I think just the, the way he was, I, I kind of clocked at one point when they were recycling the ball and, and Jens decides to spray it quite long over towards Welsh. And Hart has a go at him for not giving him the ball. I've seen this. And I'm a bit like... Calm down, you know, look, we're, we're doing exactly what the manager's asking. Um, just just let that play. Yes, you you are more involved than what you have been last season, absolutely. But only when required. And it mm. wasn't that, that's not required. Yeah. It's not what he's make the play quicker, you know. Like, I felt the, just on, on that point, I felt the use of the ball by Jens and, and Welsh was pretty poor. Yeah. And I think, that, I think that added to the disjointed nature of the, the build-up play. Yeah. I wonder if that was part of it for Joe Hart. I think potentially he was looking to... To provide that reaction to the mm -hmm. St Man game and, and G things up. And I think several times in the first half I clocked him having a go at Jens, you know, play it quicker, play it to me first and I'll play it on or whatever. I suppose kind of one of the key talking points is that centre half pairing on the day. So obviously I think it's clear now that Carter Vickers and Starfelt are certainly the, the first, Carter Vickers is absolutely first choice, Starfelt probably second choice centre half. And it was a huge opportunity for Maurice Jens and Stephen Welsh to come in. And I like them both individually, but as a pairing, I don't want to say it didn't quite work. It, you know, the the goal we conceded was a freak goal and all that stuff, and it's you know they've not conceded anything beyond that. But just as a as a parent taking the game on the front foot and moving us forward, it didn't quite click. I think what you see with with the two of them is is that they, they need they need Carter Vickers next to them. You know, they need they need that that, that command in centre half. The job that Carter Vickers does for Carl Starfelt is is unbelievable. But likewise, I think it's it's paid back with Starfelt as well. They work very well together. And you've seen even the games where it's been Carter Vickers with Jens or Welsh, the workload seems to be almost doubled, you know, and, and he is actually making a few mistakes because of it. Um, I still think there's a player in Jens, definitely. I, I just think he needs a, an assured centre-half next to him. Um, and it's not Stephen Welsh. I don't think it is, certainly not at this point. Have we missed Carter Vickers more than we maybe thought we would? Um, I think he was always going to be a miss uh, we, we debated that in the summer About the, the actual signing And If you had to have one of him or Jota You know they're, they're So important was Carter Vickers deemed that That was even a question Because just how, how good Jota had been But I think as good as Jota had been In an attacking sense 
Carter Vickers had been equally as good in a defensive sense. So it just shows how important it is, the influence that he has on the rest of the team, knowing that he's there. And, you know, whenever you play football and you've got your best players in the team, you always feel more confident. So the Celtic players will be no different. Mm. Um, in terms of Jens, he didn't start the game very well. He went wandering. Motherwell got a chance, the edge of the box, just on Motherwell's right, Celtic's left. And Jens had followed somebody in, left his position, because I know Celtic can generally play quite zonal when they're, when they're defending. And as a result, he left a big gaping hole right, right in the middle of the defence, which Celtic kind of bundled away. But even the way that Celtic started both halves was really quite sloppy. They done it, they kicked the ball right out of the park pretty much in the start of the second half. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, when you were expecting a reaction and period of sustained pressure or whatever. Um, the... Just the, the way that Jens approached the game, he, he started to get really frustrated in the second half as well. Tried a few passes that were fairly simple passes and, and, and passes that he has executed without any problem. He was overcooking them or undercooking them, whatever. Um, so I, I think it was just one of those afternoons, and, and you get them. To be fair, you have to acknowledge Motherwell's game plan, and that was they flooded the middle of the park. They'd done it very well. Space was at a premium, so therefore it was generally pushing the. Uh, the centre half pass the ball it wide, much to the annoyance of the fans, um, when they were asking them to maybe drive forward and be a bit more direct. When Joe Hart was down injured for a spell, um, McGregor was really, really forceful with Jens and Welsh about them carrying the ball out. He was telling them, pick up the ball, bring it out. But I don't think they really done it. I've I, I, I never seen any period where they looked that constant to go and take the ball 10, 15 yards to attract the mother midfielders out to then create a bit more space. As a result, I think I really, really suffered for it and McGregor really suffered for it. And that's a message, you know, what you're saying McGregor has passed on there. That's a message that Jens and Wells shouldn't have to get from Carl McGregor. This is what they clearly work on day in, day out. They know the drill. What do you think that's bad? Do you think that's a lack of confidence the players? Do you think... I mean, one thing I would I would definitely point towards is there's a level of anxiety that came down from the stands, particularly towards Stephen Welsh. Mm-hmm. He wasn't having a great game. In the second half, it got worse. He gave the ball away cheaply a couple of times. He wiped a guy out for a, a stupid yellow card. And it just wasn't a great day at the office for him. And in the kind of second half of the second half, I remember a point when the ball got played across to him, whether it was from McGregor or Jens or whoever played it to him, the ball wasn't even at his feet yet. And you could hear the anxiety. I think as a fan base, there's a, an onus on us to play our part at times. And I don't think that's acceptable. I think we're there to support the player. And you can get, you know, you can be disgruntled when somebody's not doing their job well. But even before they've got the ball. Mm-hmm. And I've spoken to a few folk around it. You could feel that tension. That's not fair on Stephen Welsh or any other player that's in the receiving end of that. Granted, Stephen Welsh, growing up in this part of the world, knows what it takes to play at Celtic or should know what it takes. But I think we as fans have got a part to play there as well. I, I- I, I see what you're saying. Um, you're going to disagree with it? No, no, no. I, I, I think I, I think you're right. I think there, there's there is an element that that happens with our fans. Fans, we look at obviously Mikey Johnson, a prime example of that. Um, a lot of the fans would be anxious when he was getting the ball because he wasn't doing enough with it. But his confidence was shot, and I definitely think it's the same with Stephen Welsh. What you've kind of got to look at though is that is basically these guys need games. They need games, they need to understand the system a lot, a lot more, and they need to do it there and then. And and the thing is you're doing it, you're doing it in training, absolutely, but it's different when it's in when it's in a game. Um I give my only examples I give on that is 
you look at, um, see, see the 2-1 game, I was just thinking that one because it was probably the best we've ever done it. The 2-1 game at Ibrox last season, when everything was getting thrown into the box, every player knew where to be. Every player defended the ball so, so well and it was because they were organised. The amount of balls that went across the box on Saturday and the same against St Mirren as well is because there's not enough talking, there's not enough organisation and it's when you've obviously you've got our two inverted fullbacks that are a wee bit further up. Like you're talking about Jens coming out into the left on Saturday, Stephen Welsh should be coming up behind him and covering that space. And that's something that Carter Vickers and, and Starfelt do so, so well together. And automatically as well. Automatically. And I just think that that frustration that we've seen from Hart, that frustration that we've seen from McGregor, the frustration from the crowd, it's not going to help them. But that's football. They need to be at that level, especially what we are trying to do, what yep. we want to go and do for this season. It's a good point. I, I think you, you also need to take into consideration that's probably only the second game they've started together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it's fanciful to think that they're going to come in and do the exact same job as Starfield and Carter Vickers in, in two games. It's not going to happen. No. Um, and, and if you look at Welsh in particular, has other than the, the COVID season, has he had any real regular first team action you know a proper run of games 10-15 games no a centre half needs that to be able to you know find their rhythm find that partnership that communication that you talk about Paddy he's not really had that so it's um, it's harsh uh, on the the anxiety of the stands um, if your title rivals have been away and won a game comfortable that you expected them to struggle in which then puts pressure on you to go and produce a result. That That's the way of the world in this part of the world. And when players come through the academy, you're hoping that they're mentally strong enough to be able to handle that, even if it's not always going to go their way. The counter balance to that is supporters should support. Um, where I was sitting, it wasn't too audible. There wasn't any real massive anti-Welsh rhetoric or anything like that, I, I wouldn't say. So it was, it was kind of pretty news to me, but there was obviously grumbles and groans that, that, that you could hear. I think you just you just need to remember, I, I think we were, we were a bit spoiled with the first month of the season because the football was so good. I always go back to Rogers' first season. We, we were invincibles, but I can remember sitting there, games against Partick, games against Dundee, we won with odd goal. We were only invincibles because of those games that we managed to find a way, even draws against St. Johnson and things like that, you know, um, at home. So, by the flip side of that, just be happy that we've picked up the three points. You know, we could very easily snuck a draw against St Mirren. We didn't. We didn't take the chances that came our way. Mm-hmm. We should have taken far, far more of the chances that we created against Motherwell and didn't. Mm-hmm. But we've got out of dodge. We've got the three points. We concentrate Wednesday. I agree to a huge extent with that. And I also think that, you know, looking at... I mean, it's our, it's our job, inverted commas, you know, on the weekly show to look at the, these games in isolation. But when you take a step back, maybe towards the end of the season, and look at maybe a, you know, an unbeaten run that maybe extends from here on out, then it is very little in the bigger picture. And if it becomes a pattern, you know, if Saturday becomes next weekend against St. Johnson and, you know, the following weekend's games, then it becomes more of a concern. I suppose the most important thing post St. Martin, get three points and we can worry about performance later. It's just to, to briefly go back to my point though, I just expected so much more for the yeah. players because we know they've got so much more and I did think there'd be more of a reaction. I mean, moving away from the, the defensive issues, if you like, um, if that's what to call them, I don't think 
too many players stood out at all on the on the day. So Rio Hattati get man of the match in the stadium. Um, probably more so for his goal than than much else. I think Callum McGregor was was pretty decent that aside. But beyond those two, it's very hard to pick out any top performers on the day. If you picked out Matt O'Reilly, I'm a huge fan. Paddy, you're a wee bit unsure at the moment. Mm. I thought he, the game just passed him by. I, I thought he was non-existent, and he's not the only one. I don't think Jota was was particularly good. I wouldn't mind spending a bit of time in Juranovic because I think he's had a pretty sh- shady start to the season. But you know, what's your take on the rest of them? Uh, on Juranovic, a bit harsh, I'd say. Um, I thought Hitati was awful. Um, however, he, he produced moments in the game, as he always does. I, I just, I say that, my caveat to that is where the, the regard that I hold Hitati in is what the key to that is. I honestly think he is phenomenal. But he produced that, he produced a few moments of magic, to be honest with you. But he's, he's got McGregor sent off. Mm-hmm. Then at 2-1 up, he gets the ball with a minute, two minutes to go. On the left-hand side, obviously they just take it to the corner. Or just pull the ball down and pass the ball to feet. He tries to then play a switch, like the hardest ball that was available to him, on his bad foot, switched across the box at a time when we just needed to hold on to the ball. And I thought yeah, that, yeah. that <clears throat> in many ways, I thought that epitomised Saturday's performance was we just seemed scrambled for mm-hmm. some reason. We just seemed absolutely scrambled. Even looking at the, the passage of play that led up to McGregor being sent off, trying a first time blind pass yeah. back, you know, it just, it just, what, what are you doing? No, I absolutely <laughs> love Real Hitati. I think he will, he will go on to have an amazing season. I think he had a poor game on Saturday. He obviously got man of the match because he's, he's scored the scored the winner, and that's great. Um, but he wasn't the only one. I hasten to add that. Um, I really, he's maybe lucky if he's touched the ball ten times in the game. Is this, um, is this stemming from it being too slow coming out for the back? Is it possibly because I think he's someone that, that you know he's always trying to find those pockets of space, but he was he was deprived of that space by mother. You know, yeah. it was, Motherwell were quite happy to get the ball out wide and then take their chances when the ball came in the box or, or defendable when it came into their box. So, um, no, for me, it, it just the, the whole tempo was off, and as a result, players like Hattie and Riley suffer for that. I thought McGregor was decent. I thought Juranovic. I, I I really like him. Um, it's not a, it's not an obsession or anything. Like that. I'm, I'm I'm happy to criticise him. I think he can be a bit. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He can be quite. A, I was going to use the word flippant, but you wouldn't be flippant with a ball, would you? Lazy. Yeah, he, he's a bit. He's a bit lax. Sometimes he tries. We we kind of. Flicked and spin did, spin did around. You, passes. Did you see the moment in the final minute? Ah, uh, the free kick. Uh, oh no that, that was outrageous So for anyone that's not seen this Celtic at, at that moment in time They're down to 10 men 93rd minute of 95 Something like that David Turnbull wins As a free kick On the right touchline In front of the north stand Juranovic steps over To take it The The move that everybody Would make at that point Is get it down in the corner For somebody to hold on to the ball And run down the clock I described this in the post-match that I'd done with James after the game. He tried to panenka over the left, like he tried to disguise a chip over the left back. It was ludicrous. He, he got it all wrong and all of a sudden you've gifted possession in the last couple of minutes. Now, it never came to anything, but that's not through Juranovic's doing. You know, he has gifted possession and it's decision-making and it's it's that flippancy you speak of, yes. if that's the right word. <clears throat> I, ju- I just think he can, he can be a bit lax like that sometimes, but I think overall, he, you know, his... his Good far 
outweighs his bad his pace his see, desire see if, I'd, see if I'd considered an on-goal that he had the last thing I'd be doing is messing about like that but he's clearly clearly got absolute balls of steel it's part it's part it's just part of what his makeup is listen he's playing with Celtic for a reason he is absolute class he is class but he's prone to these wee slips and that's why he's at Celtic yeah. otherwise if you know if he was consistently as good as he is when he is good he wouldn't be where he is okay um, moving on from that just a, the last point before we move on in general for Motherwell is I suppose it's a question of should we be concerned on you go I was going to say how beautiful a town is we're not going to discuss <laughs> your hometown but you know beyond the the missed chances so there's several chances even just in the first half alone Paddy so you've got Jota's chance I think in the first couple of minutes Callum McGregor's had one at the back post Kyogo's had the rebound off Hattati's shot that hit the post various different things and if you score those those chances it's a completely different day this is a completely different chat, but would I, could I, should I and all that stuff, we didn't convert those chances. Is that a concern or is the fact that we're creating the chances at all, we should just be happy with it and, and that's just football sometimes that you miss? I'll no. come at you, man. Have you know what you've done yet? You're hungry because he's feisty tonight. Yes, he is. He's feisty tonight. He's like me in that episode again after the Hearts game. Ah, yeah. Was, yeah, there was a bit of concern about that. I know, I, folk, I know. Folk, it's folk this uh, fiery yellow jumper I'm wearing, my nah, it's orange. <laughs> It's, it's been called out before. Yeah, it's been it called has, out before. It has been. I might just wear it every week from here on out. <laughs> um, but the point is, Paddy, you know, it feels, you know, over the last couple of games, obviously we've had disruption, you know, different breaks and what have you, but the momentum shifted from the, the Dundee United 9-0s, the Kilmarnock 5-0s, the Rangers 4-0s. We're not in that place anymore very quickly. You, we, were, we were absolutely flying. And now we're not. There's no, I'm not. I'm not a negative person when it comes to Celtic and... You know, some people think, you know, we're always looking for scapegoats or, or fans in general. That's not how I approach things. But I think it's fair to say we're not what we were for a time. I'm going to say that the change is, the change is, for those that can't see, I'm doing, um, the, the change is both the international break, whether we like it or not, disrupts the rhythm of the squad and also the fact the Champions League games are coming thick and fast now as well. So the, the burden on the squad is more. Um the players who you're trusting to play are playing more. The St Mirren defeat is is annoying, but I felt that the the Motherwell performance is is a wee bit more. Don't want to say forgivable, but um, St Mirren happened because of the changes, right? The manager's probably got it wrong there. He's picked the team. I think more or less everybody would have picked. Say maybe say Maida for a badder, which is the constant. Um, debating point uh, I think he's picked the, the best team that, that he had available it was just one of those days where listen if you weren't creating chances then you'd worry we we, we we should have been four or five up in the first half we should have been that, that Mc, I'd forgot about the McGregor chance at the back post he's got a tap in I know uh, Kyogo's got a tap in after Hattati hitting the post it's just it's just one of those days I, I'm not as concerned it was a wee bit disjointed yes bit of hard watch at times yes but we, we we should have been home and host. I think the only worry that I, I can I could possibly take from it is is that we are creating a lot of chances. It's not as if that stopped, but what we're not being is clinical. We need to be a lot more clinical um, because we can blow teams away. We know we can. We know we could do it to any team in the league. They just need to be a, a lot more a bit more confident in themselves. Actually, uh, just some of the put the, the finishing that we seen in Saturday it just wasn't wasn't good enough. Having said that. It's still three points and obviously I'm, I'm over the moon with that and it is. We've bounced back from St Mirren. The, the, um, the, the two Kyogo 
what rebounds if, if you want to call them they're, they're quite reactive probably the first one's coming up quite fast and he's, he's tried to get his head down uh, that's fair enough the the second header was a bit more guilt edge he just really should have scored it but the one that he was one on one he didn't need to take a touch he tried to take it around the keeper he just had to dink him uh, he was very he unlucky just, he, he, he was, I, I mean Kelly's actually done really well mm-hmm. uh, the goalkeeper but he just all he had to do was just, just get a toe poke on it yeah I think just I've said this a few times but from a coaching point of view Ange's job or any coach's job is to set up your team in such a way that you create chances to yes. score goals Ange can't then put himself in the boots of Kyogo or Jota or whoever and, and finish the chances off it's up to them and we know Kyogo's a finisher we know Jota's a finisher we know McGregor's got goals in him and maybe just I hate to say it because we said it after St Murnan that it could be just one of those days but on another day all those chances I've mentioned go in and then some and, and it's a very different conversation but maybe there's just a wee lack of confidence in the players as well because when you're Fully confident, you relax that wee bit more in front of goal and you tuck these chances away. Huge, a huge factor is, is that we start for the back. It, re- it really is. For me, we're, we're, that's, we recycle the ball at the back, we get things moving a lot quicker from the back and it's just not there at the moment. Once the two players come back in and, and Carter Vickers and Starfelt, or even Jens alongside Carter Vickers, by the way, I still think Jens is going to be all right. But once you kind of get that partnership back with, between the, our, our two main centre-halves, it starts to kick on again. It really does. I, I I just think there's this that the players will know themselves that it's just not moving quick enough the way they like it to. And that comes from people that aren't used to the system yet and they're not confident in the system yet. They could get better. They're not going to get the game time to do that because we can't afford to take the risk at games like we had on Saturday. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on from the middle game. Unless there's anything else you'd like to add, get off your chest, we can move on. Three points, all done. All good. Let's kick on. So what we'll do this week, we're introducing a new feature, which has been pretty popular with some of our followers on Twitter. So now and again, we do a, a Who Am I? where we give a number of clues for followers to try and identify the mystery XL. This week, I'm asking Miff and Parry to have a think about it based on the clues I'm about to give, but I'll ask you lads not to, to give away the answers. Um, what we'll do, if, if anyone wants to play well, you can tweet your answer to at Exchange between now and Saturday's lunchtime kickoff with St Johnson using the hashtag MysteryCelt. We'll then pick a winner at random to receive a year's free subscription to the Celtic Exchange Plus. Are you two ready? Go for it. Yeah. Miff, just Is it yes. nod, nodding confidently. Yes. Is it hand on the buzzer here or are we... Just rattle out your answers. Just what we'll do as well, we'll ask Dave, the producer, to beep out the right answer if Aye. you lads manage to get it. I don't know if you've got the skills or not, so we'll see. But if you do manage good. to get it, we'll bleep it out so as not to ruin it for anyone else. So Rather bullish there, mm. Tino. Three, it's a jumper. Three clues. Uh, clue number one. I initially signed for Celtic on loan and scored in a Scottish Cup win on my debut. Any initial thoughts? <laughs> anyone spring to mind for you? We'll beep out all of these answers so that people can try as many answers as they want. We'll move on. Struggling. Clue number two. I scored the winning goal in Celtic's first ever Champions League away win. Aye. 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 And clue number three. I've got 81 caps for my country. Aye. So this will be beeped out in the show. Paddy nailed it. (laughs) Clue number one. Yeah. Yeah. and Muff was just left dreaming in Paddy's wake. So no, I was actually, I was trying to be contrary, but I couldn't think of him deals. Not like you. So listen, if you fancy having a crack at that at home, tweet in your answer and we'll pick a, a one at random for a year's free of the Celtic Exchange Plus. Well done, Paddy. The lads will be raging at this because I, w- I won every Celtic quiz during lockdown and all, and they all thought I was cheating. One of, one of my mates is going to absolutely <laughs> love 
that answer. Aye. No. Okay. He, 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 no, in fact, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this week, we go into match day three of this season's Champions League campaign. And on Wednesday, Celtic are up against RB Leipzig in Germany. Paddy, as it stands, they're the only team without a point in the group. And from their point of view, they'll be seeing this as an absolute must win. They will be. Um, and they've, they've, you know, I think they've won two out there. Uh, 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 three since the last um, They beat Bochum 4-0 at the weekend They did I Since aye. Marco Rose came in They've won two and lost two Won two lost two He's finding his feet fairly quickly I'd imagine And I think they are too um, It's going to be a difficult game It really is in Wednesday I think we need to be We need to be a bit more realistic Obviously we've seen the, the result from Shakhtar I think that's a, a team that was basically just short of confidence um, So I just think we need to be ready I think it's going to be a tough game Yeah I think the result Leipzig's result against Shakhtar was just a bit of a freak result Aye. and it's it's blown the group wide open probably in our favour but it's it's not reflective of of who Leipzig are as a side you're right Miff they won 4-0 at the weekend two goals for Timo Werner two for Nkunku. Christopher Nkunku who I think has now signed a pre-contract with Chelsea that's Aye. today's news they're paying 60 million plus for him um, so he's clearly a very good player and we've seen bits of him last season a draw would be a huge result for Celtic here it would be a significant result and actually not not to be defeatist, but a, a defeat isn't the end of the world. But a draw would be huge in terms of just keeping Leipzig at bay. So, based on Real Madrid beating Shakhtar in the Bernabeu, um, a draw would leave the group as follows. Real Madrid would be out in front on nine points. Shakhtar would remain on four points. Celtic would then have two points. And Leipzig would be sitting on bottom of the group on a point. Then, if you've got our next two home games, which is Leipzig, a week on Tuesday, 11th of October. And then Shakhtar at home a couple of weeks later, 25th of October. It's a brilliant opportunity to qualify out this group. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is. So, uh, really... Yeah. Bit, yeah. yeah. Practising, get my practising. Um, it's, it's, it's in our hands. You know, this, this is where we wanted to be. The, I would agree, though, that that's the, the kind of... The worry for me is just the Leipzig are now awake. <laughs> rather than being in a slumber and that could potentially be the final ointment for us because we've manoeuvred ourselves into a decent position didn't expect anything for the Real Madrid game maybe could have got something in, in hindsight but didn't expect anything should have been three points against Shakhtar yeah. and and I think just going back to the points we made about the spurning of chances if, if any lack of confidence has crept in it would have been from that game mm -hmm. because of the sheer quality of chances we had in that environment, you know, we should have been taking them and coming up the road with, with three points. We've not. And then we've been a wee bit, you know, iffy since then, it's fair to say. Um, listen, Leipzig are going to come at us. They're, they're, go, they're going to be at it. Um, they've got their form back. You know, a guy like Werner, I know a lot of people don't seem to fancy him. I just think he's, his movement's phenomenal. I know he, he doesn't necessarily take a lot of the chances that he should, yeah. but his movement's going, going to cause any team problems. And then, think, you know, just to think about what we've already dis discussed with the centre-half pairing, it could be a tricky night for us. But that said, uh, it's up to us to kind of put our imprint in the game as well. When we are going forward, possibly a bit more space and room for us to break into. Joe suit Hyogo, suit Jota. Possibly Maeda as well if he plays or, or a badder. No. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could actually work out quite well for us as well. I'm just I'm just intrigued. I'm intrigued to see who starts from midfield. That That is a key question. So, we've got this situation coming up. So, Callum McGregor picked up the red card. We never even spoke too much about the red card. Um, although, right, but a red card all day long. All in agreement on that. 
Mm. Uh, right, whatever, right, we're not going back to it. So, red card. So he's going to miss the game against St. Johnson on Saturday. It's maybe, it's maybe a, an orange card. <laughs> Between <laughs> same as all right, sorry, sorry, right. Anyway, sorry, move That's on. Enough. Move on. That's enough. So we're going to need to see somebody slot in at the number six for the St. Johnson game. Odds would be on it being Abelgard. Yeah. And should we be getting him prep for that? Should he be getting some game time against Leipzig? It remains to be seen. It gives you the option if you've got him there to either play him in the six and make Callum McGregor a more advanced on the day, or you could adopt the double pivot type thing for Anches the two of them sitting a bit deeper. <laughs> we are real attacky. Further forward, what do you think he might do with the midfield? I mean, he might do the Ange thing, which is, I'm changing nothing for nobody. <laughs> so there's always that possibility. But what do you think, Paddy? Well, let's hope he doesn't do the Neil Lennon thing and put McGregor at left back. Um, no. <laughs> nah, I think, for me, I, I think obviously McGregor plays. You know, he's he's, he's going to play the 90 minutes. He's, he's missing out on Saturday coming. Um I don't think he will change it. I think he'll he'll keep it. Having said that, I don't, I don't think he would be worried in putting... Abelgaard in, into the game um, you know what's the point in signing him if he's not going to be good enough for these games um, I, I just think he'll, he'll keep it the way it is um, I think um, I was reading today obviously there's a chance Carter Vickers might might make it yep. that'll be a massive boost to that system that we we, we, we use and to the players that have, have had a, a great August um, I Going back, I know I'm changing the subject here, Tino. I'm sorry, but I think I think you go a badder on Wednesday night for that that winger position over Maeda. I just think uh, I thought a bad actually looked okay when he came on on Saturday. I thought he looked good when he came on. Um, I, I'll go beyond that. I've been banging the drum for Haksabanovic, and I'd be really pleased to see him start. Who's the winger for you, Muff? It's, it's Jota and Kyogo, right? It's Aye, two plus one. So definite. who's your plus one, Muff? A badder. Yeah. What's your take on him versus Maeda? They just seem to be flip-flopping at the moment. What's Where are you at with it? Um, I think Maeda seems to get a bit of a raw deal, in my opinion. Um, albeit that he doesn't help himself when he doesn't. He isn't very direct when he's got the chance to be. I think he, he takes the easy option too often rather than trying to make something happen. But again, I think that might be that lack of confidence that we've discussed I think he knows that he's under pressure to perform every time that he goes out otherwise Abad is waiting in the wings I don't I don't think it seems to be inspiring him to take the bull with the horns and try and make things happen he seems to be playing it safe rather than doing that I think Abad is the opposite he, he just doesn't seem to care he just does what he does and tries to you know tries to commit players and tries to make things happen and that's what he did when he came on against Motherwell Haxabanovich is a bit of a wild card and all of that because he seems to be probably a mixture of the two Yeah, but when he started, he's maybe not quite taking his chance. I would, I would say. Mm. I, I think he's maybe, maybe just needing a, a wee run of games, Haksabanovic, rather than getting dropped in yeah. and, and taken back out again. Had had the Livingston game gone ahead at Celtic Park a couple of weeks ago, that would have seemed a, a prime opportunity, and maybe it'll come up against St Johnson. An interestingly snippet about Haksabanovic after Celtic scored their second goal, Hatati's goal uh, on Saturday, and they were all celebrating and moving back up the park. You may have seen Jota circled back round and went down towards the subs and had a moment with Haksabanovic. I seen it at the time and I thought, what's, what's that all about? And I was watching the highlights across the weekend and you can see it at the moment on the iPlayer or whatever. Um, when Jota goes to take the corner, Haksabanovic is the one that tells him to play to Hatati. You can see him mouthing to him. Jota makes the move, plays it into Hatati, scores a goal and Jota's going back to give him credit oh, for it. Fair so play. it's like, it's like an, a, a, kind of some sort of assist-ish. From Haksabanovic when he's not even in the park, man. Ah, that's, that's how magic. good he is. Aye. But that was an interesting wee snippet. That he's clearly giving him a heads up. He said, listen, 
I don't know how you, you speak in Montenegrin, but he's basically said, Hatati's in space if you get find him quickly. He's done so, and we've got the goal. A nice moment. Um, I think Hank Sabanovich's got a lot to offer beyond that, Muff, beyond his communication skills, and I would like to see him thrown in. Um, Paddy, you've mentioned Carter Vickers and the possibility of him returning, I think, and just how hopeful that might be the case. So he spoke to Celtic TV today, Monday, and the quotes are as follows. After the weekend's game, everyone got through it really well from a physical standpoint, which is important, and we're still waiting on Cameron to see how he is, and obviously Carl misses out, but aside from that, everyone seems to be in good shape physically. I'm hoping that means Jack Amakis as well, we've not touched on that. He then says, we'll recover from the game and prepare, this is pretty much going to be our routine between now and the break, so we know what we need to do. I think Celtic, in total, between October and November, it's 13 games over a six-week period, so it's going to be relentless, and it's going to be game, prepare, game, prepare, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so well, fingers crossed Carter Vickers will be back how important could it be to get Jack and Marcus back for that kind of game Aye, I think definitely um, either either of them could start in my opinion I think the wee man's looking great I, I really do and I know obviously a couple of chances there um, at the weekend that he, he, he could have scored um, but very very difficult to get under he, control he's shown in his time at Celtic so far that he will often miss the kind of easier chance yeah. and then score something and it's kind of just what Kugo does uh, bear in mind he still scored I know absolutely I, I, that's what I'm saying I, I just think you'd, you could start either of them I'm, I'm happy with either you made a career out of scoring for that range didn't you I did when, uh, I did Kyogo just smashed I like the fact that he just smashed it in. he yep. didn't <laughs> I've seen someone have a go at him saying that was Matt O'Reilly's goal nah, I thought it was going to be offside I was like oh You've just got, the way you come in Don't take a chance Get him on the net You've got you to don't. be sure So I mean We've talked about the midfield And what Ange might do there We've spoken about the forward line And you know Whether um, Abada Maeda Hank Spanovich gets an odd any, any other positions up for debate I think it kind of picks itself At the moment doesn't it In terms of Strongest lineup. Yeah So beyond that then Your scoreline predictions So a huge game for Celtic And as I say A draw would be Draw would be great One would be phenomenal But I'll come to you first Muff. What are you thinking 1-1 one, one. <clears throat> and I'd be okay with that, Paddy. Two one Celtic. I'm going two one Celtic as well, and it's uh, it's maybe for me and you at that, Paddy. Couple of optimists here, the old glass half full guy Aye. across the way, half empty, sorry, <laughs> across the way. Um, listen, we know that Celtic will go for it, and if we manage to find their finishing boots, that that could be the difference. We'll create chances against anybody, yeah. Real Madrid, Saint Mirren, whatever. It's just a case of whether we can take them on the day. And if a guy like Kyogo or a Jota or a, an O'Reilly, for example, has the kind of night we know they, they're capable of, then it could be a, you know, a, a pretty solid night. All our match day content around the Leipzig game, including pre-match build-up and post-match shows, can be found at the Celtic Exchange. Plus, myself, Paddy, James and maybe Muff will be at the game. If anyone hears this in time, if you can help me man out, there's some travel so issues on the go. I if there's a bus leaving um, for anywhere yeah, in the next so 24 hours. We're recording <laughs> here on Monday tea time. But all going well, Miff will be there as well. So we'll also like to maybe bring you some additional content from Germany during our time there. Paddy's uh, suggested we'll try and get something done in and around the stadium on match day and we'll keep people posted on our socials yeah. on that. So I am noting, I noting. Come over and say hi or no. Come on, ask, ask us some questions. Right. You'll get to see Grumpy Muff in the flesh. Um, but for more information on the Celtic Exchange Plus and to activate your free seven-day pass for all our additional episodes, visit theCelticExchange.supercast.com. And as I say, if anyone can hook Muff up, let us know and we'll That's take it from there. He's got a ticket, one, he just can't get yourself there. 100% the jumper, 100% Grumpy Muff. 100%. Peace, peace. 100. It's because there's no sort of logistics troops. So we'll see how we fare there. I'll be right on after this. 
hot on the heels of that game in Germany, we're heading up to Perth for Saturday's lunchtime kickoff against St Johnson in the Scottish Premiership. This will be our third game in eight days, so we're coming thick and fast. And as I said, we take part in nine games throughout the month of October. Are you expecting much squad rotation for this one, or will Ange be a wee bit more reluctant to do so after the St Mirren? I think you'll make changes but not as many I think that's safe to say you might make two or three rather than the was it five or six that he, mm. that he made so um, St John's is a place I always look forward to going to um, one of the guys for the bus getting into a fight with Mario or Luigi one Halloween um, so that was, uh, was quite interesting The brother's grim um, I, I'm, I'm a wee bit just because of what happened to St Mern it's got the same sort of profile as game Titus Park probably make a few changes Potential European hangover So uh, Yeah I, I'm, It was getting to that stage of the season I think you mentioned there Was that 13 games in 6 weeks Yep it? So from the start of October From Saturday there Until the World so, Cup So you can games. you can only imagine He's got to have to utilise the squad You know it's. I think it's just The number of changes That he makes And, and then Who 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 comes in um, Given that you know, Moyne Turnbull, for example, playing in midfield didn't, didn't really seem to work for me. I think you have one, one of either of them playing. Um, Abogard getting up to match fitness then means that he's he's becoming an option now as well. So um, we seem fairly well stacked in the the wings between Haksabanovic, Abad, and Maeda. Um, it's just good to have Jakimakis back to give that option as well because I think I think it's great having him as the alternative because we can play in a slightly different way we can be slightly more direct we can look to get the ball out wide and get crosses into the box um, I, yeah there'll be changes but it's just like I say I don't think it'll be as many I think but we're saying that it'll depend on the squad and how they pull through these games if there's injuries if there's niggles we'll have McGregor missing as well now yep. um, is it only one game though? Aye yeah I think so just one game um, it's a professional so, foul I think aye just aye. the one I thought uh, I thought debatable. Just on on the red card, I think if if the striker takes it first time, it's a goal scoring opportunity. If he takes a touch, well, she's on the cover. So that's so as far as far as the ref's concerned, how how does he know? That's the thing. It's, it's a goal scoring opportunity if Kyogo's in the end of it, not if Miff's in the end of it. No, you know that's what I mean. True. So it's it's very, it's very subjective. Very but no, I think it, I think it was a red, and I, yeah, I think he gets a one game ban. So yeah, that's one less player that Ange has to choose from against Johnson. Starfelt won't make it back by the sounds of it. So, I mean, what's the point in having this squad and not utilising it? That's that's yeah. the whole purpose of it. Just on that point, what's the update? Starfield, is it knee? Two or three, I don't know the the type of injury, but it's two or three weeks, as just quoted it saying right. today. Right. So he'll definitely miss this weekend and, and possibly next weekend as well. Paddy, from St Johnson's point of view, so they're doing all right. They had a poor old season last year and only managed to stay up in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So they are currently eighth in the table. They've won three, uh, drawn one and lost four of their games. They beat Dundee United 2-1 at the weekend, but... Yeah. So, so what? Everyone beats them at the moment. So, should it be a straightforward win at McDermott Park or are you expecting a maybe quite a difficult afternoon? I just think it's a given after a European game that it's just a bit slower. Um, mm. but, um, so, I think obviously the changes will happen, yeah. I just think um, we should we should be good enough to just go and, 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 and win comfortably but yeah it's always it's always just a bit slower after these games we you, we put a lot in for 90 minutes yeah. it's a different it's a different level this kind of game if without sounding whatever I don't know what the word is but Celtic are the only thing that stand in Celtic's way when it comes to games like this if Celtic turn up and do what they should do and St Johnson turn up and do what they should do you know given the resources and all that stuff 
Celtic should just be taking care of business here. They should, but I think the, we've had that warning shot. The Sunderland game shows us that if we are complacent, and that comes from the manager and the, and the playing squad, if we are complacent in these games, the teams that are playing can't take advantage of that. Mm. So you can't, you have to get in with that mindset where you need to approach the game as professional as possible and just play the best available team. League-wise overall, Paddy, so obviously we temporarily dropped to second on Saturday, so don't fancy that too much, but we're back on top of the table, which is where we belong. It's been a solid start to the season, so taking St Murnau out of the equation, we've obviously had seven wins and that one loss so far, scoring 27 goals and conceding just the four. This will be the ninth league game of the season, so you're you know, just about a quarter of the way through the programme. Happy enough overall with the progress? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, as I say, I think we were, we were pretty spoiled in August. Um, the performances were were great, by, by the Hearts game. Um, but over the course of the season, we are going to have these games. Um, it's better it's better that they're happening just now. Um, but we won against Hearts and we won against Motherwell. I just think we, we know what... What we need, what we need to do, and I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable for where we're at, and I think we'll kick on. I really do. I think the more these games start to come, and the more players are just getting more up to speed with, like getting into the, the meaty part of the season, it's, it's going to do as a world of good. So, yeah, looking forward to it. You use the term spoiled, there, and I think it's spot on because we'd. I prefer the term meaty. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. I was trying to bypass it's that. Meaty, meaty part of the season. I've been reading the thesaurus this week. Lovely. Thank you. My toes curled a wee bit when he said that. No, no, no. Oh, it's really? Put me, really? Put me in the mood for will a pie. That, will we beep it out? Uh, <laughs> it's put me in the mood for a pie. Um, aye, nice, yeah. nice. What was I saying? Oh, aye, the word spoiled. So, and I do, I think that's where we are. We, we were winning games comfortably in the first four, five, six, seven games and also scoring plenty of goals and, and performing really well. And maybe that just made us think, this is just how it is now. Yeah. You, you play really well, you win by a number of goals and, and that's how the season plays out. That's not how football goes, even for the best of sides. Now and then you'll have... Sticky patches and you know in different forum we've had one loss at St Mirren we didn't play great on Saturday but, but we're winning games of football so that's where I would be I mean go on my for you something in your mind I can see it no 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 I can see, the, I can see the cogs well. think, about, think about logistics <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, before you do so can you give us your scoreline prediction for McDermott Park 2-1 Celtic 3-0 Celtic I'm 3 now as well, Paddy. Me and you have We've, called the same. Aye. The last three results, same. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, one of them was 4 0 against Motherwell at the weekend. We got yep. that dramatically wrong. Although I stand by it, the rationale is, is there. How can you stand by a wrong prediction? That's <laughs> absolute nonsense. Nonsense. The jumper. I'm sticking with that. Um, and what have we agreed on there tonight? 2 1 against Leipzig and 3 0 against St Johnson. Aye, just, we're on the same page, Paddy. That's mate. That's just getting a wee bit antsy because he he's, he's um, not on that no, page. Um, um. Um, just as we're starting to kind of close out the show, Celtic marked the 100th anniversary of Jock Steen's birth in a special match day programme on Saturday. I actually got a copy of the programme here. If anyone fancies it, tweet in and Miff will hand deliver that <laughs> <laughs> if it's in a reasonable distance. In, in exchange for a set of flight. Aye, flight, flight Um Jock Steen was born on the 5th of October 1922 and set the tone for what was to become the modern day Celtic. We wouldn't be who we are without Jock Steen and it's important that we remember such an influential figure in the club's history. So good right up in the programme if you do fancy it, drop us a wee note and we'll, we'll catch that. I was going to ask at this stage in the show if, if you lads had worked out the mystery Celt yet but as I say Paddy's blown it out of the oh. water so I'll need to make it tougher. Um, the listeners can let us know if they think it's a tough one but Maybe you're just a Celtic superstar, Paddy, and it's, it's all too easy for you. <laughs> um, on that note, Paddy, another big week ahead. Obviously, you'll be looking forward to the Leipzig trick. Trick? The trick. 
Trick. Trip. What's your final comments for the week? Yeah, can't wait for it. Um, just obviously, we've been speaking about your jumper quite a bit. That's true. So, too produ- much. Producer Dave managed to catch my attention. He's ran a wee poll on Instagram to see, oh, lovely. To see what people say. So they're lovely. saying, is it orange or yellow? Uh, 90% orange. <laughs> 10% yellow. So yeah. get that we, did try, we did try to warn the last <laughs> time, did, but you didn't listen. Did. You come back, you've doubled them. Uh, that was a good one, Dave. That was a good one. What the Instagram no. That's your final involvement for today. <laughs> Turn his mic off. Math coming to yourself. So as I say, we're a bit of luck. You'll be in Leipzig with the boys as well. What's yes. your final comments meantime? Uh, just yeah, listen. Saturday was we got the job done and that's the most important thing we move on again the games are coming thick and fast buckle up that's become your new catchphrase you've used that a few times he's, he's good at that just that we sign off yeah short and sweet just like math and all that okay hey, so hey. Celtic had a crucial phase of our Champions League campaign this week and the first of a double header against Leipzig which will go a long way to determine if we have European football to look forward to after the World Cup break the league fixtures keep coming at pace too and it's equally important that we stay on track during this busy run of fixtures. Thanks to Miff and Paddy for joining me in today's show and as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. Remember to visit the CelticExchange.supercast.com for all of our additional content but in the meantime, from all of us here, we'll see you again very soon. Network.